And the Lord is saying, if you will just follow this servant's words, I sent you a servant. <laughs> I sent you the Josephite prince. I sent you, I'm sending you the prince of the latter days. I'm sending you the latter day Moses and I'm giving him the word. And it's right here. right here. We yeah. have it and sitting on our shelves gathering dust. This is what Adam and Enoch and Moses and Elijah would have killed to be here in Joseph Smith's time, right? This is this is the time they were singing about and praying about. And we're sitting here and we can't we throw this seen. away. Right now, we're at a defining point in history. Right now, we're deciding, are we going to throw this out and, and head in a new direction? Or are we going to say, we're going to stand up? Welcome to Lesson 7. In this week's reading, we have one of the most beautiful prophecies of the mission of the prophet Joseph Smith as delivered by Lehi to his own son, also named Joseph. Now, this is one of the few surviving words of Joseph of Egypt that we even have available to us at this present time. Of course, we hope to have more revealed to us in the future when we're righteous enough to receive it, but we do have a portion saved through the Book of Mormon. 2 Nephi 3 focuses on the importance of Joseph Smith's mission to reveal the Word of God, to give us pure scripture that would confound false doctrine, that would establish peace, and bring about Zion. And our podcast this week is actually an excerpt from a podcast that I, Hannah Stoddard, did with Rod Meldrum. He's the president of the Firm Foundation back in 2021, where we had a really good conversation about why these prophecies even matter and why it is a defining issue in our day. So the entire podcast is about two hours long, but we only have a 30-minute excerpt here. If you are interested in the full podcast, you can visit the Book of Mormon Evidence YouTube channel or, of course, the Joseph Smith Foundation for our day lesson plan for Lesson 7, which is on our website, where we have it embedded along with a lot of other resources. Oh, and please also follow and subscribe to Book of Mormon Evidence. They are doing some amazing work and research over there. In our conversation, the main text we were using was from the Doctrine and Covenants and the Joseph Smith translation, which mirrors 2 Nephi 3. So I really hope you will just enjoy this conversation and leave inspired with a greater testimony and appreciation for Joseph Smith as you study the Book of Mormon this week. He starts off and he goes, a great and a marvelous work is about to come forth among the children of men. I think we've all heard this before, right? We've, 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 there's even songs about it. So what is this great and marvelous work? So I wanted to actually just read a quote that's actually from Joseph Smith's Patriarchal Blessing. A lot of people don't know you can actually go read Joseph Smith's Patriarchal yeah. Blessing. And a lot of people don't Give know. Given to him by his father. Yes. Yeah. And a lot of people don't know there's actually other blessings that were given to him by Oliver Cowdery and others. And you can actually read all of those on our website. And they are so fun. Tell, tell the website. 
Yes, it's ldsanswers.org, or you can go to josephsmithfoundation.org, but LDS Answers is the yeah. one that has specifically those documents. And um, so in Joseph Smith's patriarchal blessing, the Lord actually identifies Joseph Smith as the man who's going to bring forward the marvelous work in a wonder, which is significant because that's a term that's found in Scripture. It's not just something Joseph Smith made up or the Lord mm -hmm. happened to throw in right now. This is a term that prophets were using for millennia. Oh, yeah. Yep. So um, the Lord tells Joseph Smith in his patriarchal blessing, he says, Thou hast been called even in thy youth to do the great work of the Lord, not a great work of the Lord, the great work, to do a work in this generation which no man would do as thyself, which I think is a pretty good big deal if we think about it. That means no one could do what Joseph Smith mm -hmm. was able to do. Which makes sense when you think about him. He's 23 years old and he's translating the Book of Mormon. That's a greater work than I think any of us are going to do in our lifetime. And he's doing it at 23 years old. Right. That's a pretty big deal. I think that's why they, they'd say second to only to, jo to, uh, to Jesus Christ himself is, yes. uh, is it comes Joseph Smith and, mm -hmm. and his importance in God's plan. Right. Yes, that's testified yeah. by so many presidents of the church. Um, so the Lord says, in all, in all things according to the will of the Lord, a marvelous work and a wonder has the Lord wrought by thy hand. And then he says, this is what's going to bring in the remnants of Israel. This is what's going to gather the lost tribes and everything is going to be Joseph Smith's work. Um, Oliver Cowdery said the same thing. He, Oliver Cowdery said that when the angel Moroni came to Joseph Smith, angel Moroni actually told Joseph Smith, he said, you are going to bring to pass the marvelous work and a wonder. So we're like, okay, so we, we identify, okay, it's Joseph Smith doing this. Um, Joseph Smith made a really interesting statement in Nauvoo, um, and it was published in the Times and Seasons. He said that the building up of Zion is a cause that has interested the people of God in every age. So I want you to think about this. Think of your favorite Bible story, okay? Think uh -huh. of Daniel, Esther, um, Samuel, Joshua, whatever it is. Every single one of those people were thinking about the building of Zion in the last days. That's kind of a big deal. And he, Joseph Smith says, it is a theme upon which prophets, priests, and kings have dwelt with peculiar delight. They have looked forward with joyful anticipation to the day in which we live. Now, this is key. Um, again, we live, that's Joseph Smith's day. So he's basically saying, all of the prophets were talking about me. So this is where some of the the um, our non-member friends. I can friends, imagine for a young uh, you know farm boy basically from uh, from Western New York, yes. this was quite the quite a shock to him himself as he was reading these things. Even in the Book of Mormon, and his mm -hmm. name comes up in the mm -hmm. ancient text off of the off of the gold plates. Yes, you know? I don't know how much he already knew from the first vision, or yeah. you know, yeah. like all those conversations. So maybe he's kind of expected it by the time he, that, this, the translation was happening. But it definitely but. was a confirmation, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, for sure. But, yeah. but this is where a lot of our um, our non-member friends um, they start they read some of these quotes from Joseph Smith, where he's like, "All of those prophets were talking about me. They were talking about my work. They were talking about what I'm doing." And they're like, "That guy is so arrogant. Such an egotistical guy." Like, are you guy. kidding? Like, what does this 30-year-old kid think he's out there doing? <laughs> like, like, what do you think he, who does he think he is? So we have to ask ourselves, like, okay, so why is Joseph Smith saying everybody was talking about me? They were, he said they were writing about it. They were singing about it. They were prophesying about him. So why, this is a huge, huge deal. Why is it such a big deal? Why in all of these sections in the Doctrine and Covenants where yeah. the Lord's talking to Joseph Smith Sr. or Hiram or anything and he starts a great and marvelous work is about to come forth. This is time. We're about to do it. So we know that all 
all of the dispensation heads and even others, everyone who had keys in the history of the world came to Joseph Smith at some point in time to give him the keys. Yeah. I just want just think about that for a second. So, you know, wow. Joseph Smith was always, I mean, we read about Paul, we read about Moses, we read about Adam. Okay, Joseph Smith didn't read about them. He knew them. He, met them. he talked yeah. to them face to face. And and he would talk a lot of times in his sermons. He'd get up and be like, well, Paul kind of had a whiny, higher voice. And, <laughs> and this is what Seth looked like. And he'd tell people like, oh, you look like Seth. And like, you know, that's, that's who Joseph, that's who Joseph Joseph Smith is. Because he actually saw them. He met with them. Right. That's who his associates were. Those those were the men that he talked and he worked with. And I want you to think no other prophet in the history of the earth had this happen where they had all the other prophets come to him and give Joseph Smith their keys. Yeah. So Joseph Smith can do his work. In fact, that is huge. Probably the only next time that's going to happen is at the big meeting at Adamandayaman when all of the keys of the priesthood goes all the way up to back to, uh, to the ancient of days. Right. So you've got everything kind of culminating with Joseph Smith, who's number two and leading up to trying to bring forth a marvelous work and wonder. And this is something that's really fascinating. And this is in one of our um, videos. Yes, we do. We have it here. <laughs> this is Rod Stacks, so I'm bothered But in yes. one of our videos, the Unlocking the Mystery of the Two Prophets, and we have this quote from Heber C. Kimball where he actually talks about, he said, of the seven dispensations, he said, this last is the greatest. And he said, it's not only, Joseph Smith is not only having a work to do in this dispensation, but it's actually his job, he said, mm-hmm. to rise up and confer power on all of the others. Now, okay, I think this is something that way surpasses what this means, surpasses my knowledge. But basically what he's saying is we don't have just a work in this dispensation. He has a work in all the other dispensations, and it's greater than, this is greater than So, Adam, so much of Christ. I mean, Christ came in the, in, the, uh, in the meridian of time, and then mm-hmm. Joseph Smith comes in the end of times, mm-hmm. basically, to kind of wrap up the whole thing right. that, that Christ got. Yes. Starting in the, in the middle yes. of it. And Heber C. Kimball, he talks about, he's like, this is how significant Joseph Smith's work is. This is what we have got to do. And I love, this is Heber C. Kimball. He goes, he, he's like, why don't you realize? Like, right, because you're sitting there and like, wow, this is huge. Like, this is <laughs> not just about Joseph Smith's work. Like, we, yeah, we know in our day, but it's, he has to, he has to help Moses do his work. Moses cannot do his work without Joseph Smith's help. Adam cannot do his work without Joseph Smith's help. That's what he's saying. Wow. It's, it's, he has... Power He's pivotal to this whole yes thing. to the yeah. hi- whole history of the earth, and, and so you're sitting there mind blown. And Heber C. Kimball's like, "Why do you not realize this?" This is word for word. Heber C. Kimball goes, "Why do you not realize this?" He said, "You could if you lived your religion and called upon God by day and by night." Anyway, so the full story is in our Two Prophets documentary. But it's so Heber C. Kimball's like, "This is what is going on. This is such a bigger picture." And I think sometimes it's so easily just to be like. Oh, cool. Okay, move on. Just, 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 just kind of this ignorant uh, farm boy kind of uh, right. just kind of stumbled into this yes. whole thing. And, yes, and, and we're uh, going to talk about that yeah. for sure. <laughs> so among all of the rabbis and scholars, there were these traditions and these legends and the this idea they would talk about that there wasn't just going to be one Messiah sent to this earth, that there were going to be two. Now, it's important when we say that, that Messiah means anointed one. So that's just what the term means, anointed one. Um, So it doesn't mean like to atonements. We're not saying that kind of a thing. Um, But that there would be two messiahs. And they said there would be a messiah ben David who would be kind of like the kingly one. And then you had messiah ben 
Joseph. And so this has been actually something that's been talked by, studied by a lot of scholars and Joseph Lunaconky and stuff talked about how this tied to Joseph Smith. But we've been t reading a lot about this and studying it because we feel like that's there's one way to fa fa uh, fight the faith crisis. And the one way is through data and through facts. And, you know, mm -hmm. and we can do that. And we are doing that. Um, and another way is by saying, okay, well, let's build up the good. Let's celebrate that we don't we don't need to be embarrassed of the restoration yeah. of the gospel. Or Joseph Smith. Or Joseph Smith, yes. <laughs> and so um, this is so beautiful. In Genesis 49, this is the prophecy that so many of us know about. Um, Jacob calls all of his sons together, right? And he tells them, he says, I'm going to tell you what's going to happen to you in the last days. And so he he starts he starts talking and he starts talking to Joseph and he says his son Joseph right and he tells his son Joseph he says you have triumphed I'm giving you basically all of the birthright all of the blessings and from you is going to come a great prince through your loins is going to become come a great prince um, and this prince will be the shepherd a shepherd a rock of Israel um, now the, of course those are terms that we understand in other times to relate to Jesus Christ. But this is another one that's supposed to come through Joseph. We know that Jesus Christ came through Judah. Um, this is this is a descendant of Joseph that's supposed to be a type that will point back, kind of be a little um, a, a servant underneath Jesus Christ and point back. And we know it's not Jesus Christ because, again, it's in the last days and it's a descendant of Joseph, and it talks about this prince. So Joseph, Jacob prophesies, he says, he says this prince is going to be a light. He's going to deliver the people from bondage. He's going to bring salvation to him. He says, he, he even clarifies in um, JST Genesis 50, Joseph of Egypt starts talking about this seer, mm -hmm. and he says, I'm going to raise up this righteous branch, and it's not the Messiah called Shiloh, so they're separating. They're like, okay, you can get confused, but this is a different. This is a different one that's going to come in the last days, and he says that it's this other one. He's going to come in the spirit of power, and he's going to bring the covenants out of darkness into light. Now it's so interesting. He talks about okay, it's going to be a choice here, and he's going to be esteemed highly, and he's and he's just just going on and on about this amazing Messiah, this amazing prophet, and he says, and and which I think is interesting because. You say, okay, the seer is going to be highly esteemed. Okay, now let's go look at our scholars today. Is Joseph Smith highly esteemed? No, um, absolutely not. You talked about how they're talking about how they want to pull him off the pedestal and how he's basically a bumbling buffoon and we just need it. And that's why we're having this mass exodus out of the church. That's why we're losing 75% of our millennials because we're, we're, we're beating up on Joseph Smith, essentially, is what's going on, just to say it clearly. Um, whereas the Lord says, he, when he, from his perspective, he's like, he's this amazing seer is going to come, this prince, and he's going to do whatsoever work I shall command him. So in other words, he's going to do the work God wants him to do. He's not experimenting. He's not building up his own church. He's not, he's not sitting there and God says, use the Urim and Thummim to translate the Book of Mormon. And the progressive version, basically, in a nutshell, on the humorous side goes like, Joseph Smith <coughs> is sitting there like, well... It's I think it's hard. more convenient to use the seer stone. <laughs> it's so funny they even use the word convenient. Like, well, like, that's nice, God, but I, I like this other tool, you know. Yeah. It just makes no, absolutely no sense. 
So Lur talks about this, this, this is who the rabbis called Messiah ben Joseph, where they talk about he's going to do my work. And how he's going to do my work is he's going to bring forth my word. Which if you look in Doctrine and Covenants section 12, the Lord says, a great and marvelous work is about to come forth. He says, behold, I am God. Give heed to my word, which is quick and powerful, sharper than a two-edged sword. And that's the same tie into the prophecy that um, Joseph of Egypt gave. He said this prince, this fruit of my loins is going to bring forth my word. His, then it's going to convince them not only of these new revelations, but it's going to convince them of the Bible, all of these revelations in the past. And the reason why this is significant is because, again, we've been talking about Leonard Arrington, this whole, if you, if you read in the Behind Closed Doors, one of their major focuses of the progressive history is to attack scripture. Instead of, oh, Moses didn't write the books of Moses. Um, who knows who wrote, actually wrote the Psalms. Um, the Bible's mostly literal. Who knows if the Book of Mormon actually happened. That's yeah. getting huge, huge. Yeah. Scholars are, so many scholars even at um, BYU are saying. It's not a literal history. It's actually right. uh, an inspired fiction. Right, right. Joseph Smith made it out, but uh, was inspired because yes. he had all these uh, wonderful doctrines and so forth in there. But the history itself was completely bogus. Right. Right. So this is, and this is even in our book, when Ezra Top Benson died, Leonard Arrington was watching the funeral on TV. And then he went to his diary and basically wrote this kind of like triumph statement, um, basically glorifying Darwinism and Freudianism and um, biblical criticism and tearing down. He's like, the Bible's not really the word of God. And like, I mean, there's some nice things in it. And it's right there in his diary. So basically it was like, well, there's some nice things in it. But it's just the well, story Ezra of... Benson actually called those specific things out as Antichrist. Yes, and Leonard Arrington knew that. Yeah. So this was kind of Leonard... So that, I mean, that's why we put him on the cover, right? It's these two guys going head to head. These two uh, Idahoans. Yes, kind of the Captain, <laughs> the Captain Maroney of the traditionalist movement. And then you've got Leonard Arrington heading up the progressive movement. And they... Yeah. A spar between two boys from Idaho is what we call it because <laughs> they were two, they were both farm boys. They were both they both had an agricultural background. It's there were actually a lot of similarities pretty between tough, them. Pretty tough guys. They came yeah. from very similar backgrounds, but they just saw the world very differently. So you've got you've got a, a, a Bushman and Arrington. They're like scripture is just conjecture, which this is just one thing on the side, right? So it's so interesting where such an emphasis is put on the revelations and on scripture. And we think, well, what's the big deal? Like, is it really that big of a deal? Um, think about it this way. Then what is the number one threat in communist countries? Period. If you study if you study the history of the Soviet Union, communist China, what's their number one thing that they're like, we're taking this out? It's the Bible. Mm -hmm. It's not even it's not even religion per se. It's not nuclear warfare. It's not even the US. It's not even their enemies. It's the Bible. Like, they're scared of this little book. <laughs> like, what are they so scared yeah. of? Well, they're scared because the scripture is what is has power. And that's what Joseph of Egypt said about Joseph Smith. He said, Messiah ben Joseph, Joseph Smith was going to have power because he's going to bring forth the word. Okay, what is Satan's main attack through progressive um, ideology on the church today? tear down scripture tear it down joseph smith on the one hand goes there's no error in the revelations the other scholars they're like there's errors everywhere i mean who trusts the doctrine and covenants really 
So this is this is the battle line that we're actually seeing right now, and it's so critical because this is what this is what prophets were prophesying about forever. This is in Isaiah and Ezekiel and Third Nephi. They're all telling the same story. They're all talking about this prince that's going to come in the last days, and he's going to restore everything. Everything Adam had, everything Moses had, everything Elijah had, everything they had. He's going to try to restore. And Isaiah talked about it. He said, at first, the people aren't going to be ready because they're a little bit stiff-necked <laughs> and they're a little bit stubborn and they're a little bit, you know, hard, hard to That's right. That's right. Uh-huh. Joseph Smith said sometimes it was like, you know, I'm trying to remember the exact quote, but you talked about, you split, know, split yes, a, the hemlocks. A, a hemlock with a herring or something. Yeah, <laughs> yes, yes. And, and using the cornbread to like, yeah. uh, uh, he said to get, get new ideas into yeah. the minds of the saints. He was like, he was like, he was like, I just, he, he just said it was just unfolding before his mind. He could just, he just saw so yeah. much and he had this idea, he had this, this dream that Joseph of Egypt talked about. He's going to confound false doctrine. He's going to establish peace. He's going to usher in the greatest period of peace in the history of the world. That's his, yeah. that's his mission. That's his dream. And that's his, his patriarchal lossing talks about him translating additional records and confounding Kings and science and just all of these incredible things. So that's what he came to do. And that is that. And, and like we read at the beginning, um, his patriarchal blessing says no one else could do this. Like you could yeah. no one else, not John Taylor couldn't do it. Like you could, I love Ezra Tap Benson, but not even Ezra Tap Benson could do what Joseph, like no one, no one could do the work that Joseph Smith was called to do. Kind of like Christ. I mean, no, nobody could do the work that he was called to right. do. Right. Yes. These two individuals have yes. had such an amazing effect on the entire history of the world. Yes. And that's why we were yeah. like, we've got to tell this story because this this was on the brass plates. Um, Joseph Smith put part of it into the Joseph Smith translation. All of these prophecies about this prince this messiah ben joseph that was going to come and the rabbis had smatterings of it through history like we're talking about the dead sea scrolls we're talking about these ancient targums we're talking about all like we're talking about these ancient writings and they're like yeah there's gonna be this and they're talking and talking and you're like that is funny funny that they missed both of them (laughs) it's funny that we missed one of them <laughs> we miss both of them in a yeah, sense if you think sense, about yeah. it we're like because we're literally sitting here wondering like was joseph smith a bum like was he maybe he was a treasure digger like maybe maybe he did mess up big time with mm-hmm. like polygamy stuff like maybe he was arrogant maybe he was mm-hmm. vengeful i mean these this, i'm quoting exact quotes from rush stone rolling right one of the mm-hmm. top mm-hmm. so supposedly the top foremost biography of joseph smith um, around after Von Brody's in the world and definitely yeah. in the church, the top. And so we have to decide like, okay, who is this Joseph Smith? Because the Joseph Smith that Joseph of Egypt's talking about is saying, this is the greatest prophet ever to come on the earth, except for Jesus Christ. This is Hiram said there were prophets before, but Joseph has the spirit and power of all of the prophets. This is the marvelous work and wonder. And that's how the Lord introduces he starts all, off these all these sections. different sections. Yeah. Yes. He's like, this is, it's happening guys. This is what all these prophets were singing about and praying about. It's going to happen. Um, this, the servant has come. He's going out of weakness. He's going to make things strong. I'm going to bless the seer. All of his enemies are going to be confounded and we're going to do this. Right. And then, and now we're today, we're trying to decide like, well, Do, was he really that good of a guy? I right. Mean, you know, so, and that yeah. is why it's so critical. And that's why people wonder why, like, 
why we get passionate about talking about this <laughs> and why we have why do we have the Joseph Smith Foundation? Someone someone asked me, they were like, why like what's the big deal? Like really at the end of the day, someone was asking me, like, what's the big well, what's the big deal is at the end of the day, this is the foundation. Do we trust these yes. revelations or not? Because they're coming through Joseph Smith. And if Joseph Smith was a bum, then these are not. Well, one of, one of the interesting Christ. things about the Doctrine and Covenants also, and we've got to wrap this up, but, but basically that this is one of the only yes. uh, scriptures that we have as far as the standard mm-hmm. works that didn't ever go through a translation process. This was given to Joseph Smith in his native tongue, mm-hmm. uh, you know, through the Lord basically and directly to him. So this, there's, there's no issues as far as translation process. Right. This but it his, is Joseph Smith's words. It is his and words. What, yes. uh, he, and so that's why he, he had to put it in his own, his vocabulary that he had in his own mind. Right. And, and, and put the words down. Right. Which is why it's a big yeah. deal. So yeah. if we're wrapping up here, you mind if I just wrap up with the last yep. scriptures, kind of yep. like a send off thing. Yes. So, um, <laughs> so DNC 21. And then, and then I want you to tell us uh, where you can find more information. Okay. okay. Perfect. So DNC 21, this is section 21 of the doctrine and covenants. Um, this is the charter. This is this is this is April 6, 1830. We're establishing the church, and the Lord is kind of like, "Here's your charter. Here's your call to action. Here's your constitution. Here is you guys's charge. Go, do this." And what he says is, he tells the church. He says, "Church, you need to give heed unto all of Joseph Smith's words and his commandments." So he kind of separates those. So some people are like, "Is it?" Do I have to? Like, is it like canon? Um, uh-huh. Did we check this through a lot of scholars first? Just you know? fact checking. Uh-huh. Right, yes. right. Okay. Well, the Lord is saying all of Joseph Smith's words and commandments, which he will give unto us who he receiveth them. He said, his word ye shall receive as if from mine own mouth. And I want you to think there is no other prophet that we have has who's been given the sanction. Like, we don't have the Lord saying this about Nephi. We don't have the Lord saying this about any other prophet, but Joseph Smith, where he says everything he says, every word that comes out of his mouth, follow this. Now, this is where it gets beautiful. So verse six, he says, if you do this, the gates of hell shall not prevail against you. So I I think right now we live at a time where a lot of people, they're stressed. They're stressed about what's happening in the nation. They're stressed about their individual lives. Marriages are falling apart. Kids are falling astray. A lot of people are feeling like the gates of hell are prevailing against them, right? Like, okay, like, is, is like the earth just going to hell? Or like, what's, what's going to happen, right? Um, and what are we supposed to do about it? Well, here in DNC 21, the Lord says, if you follow Joseph Smith's words and commandments, the gates of hell will not prevail which I think is an interesting promise because I know a certain God always fulfills his promises always. Yeah. So if we are struggling Unlike right now, his counterpart who basically will, will lead people along to a certain point, but after right. a while he almost always throws them to the yes. wolves. Yes. You don't make deals with the devil. That's yeah. what I was always yeah. <laughs> growing up. It never really just works out. Um, nope. But he the Lord does not protect his own. No, but God always does. Yes. And the Lord promises. He says, if you will, Give heed unto all Joseph Smith's words and commandments. The Lord God will disperse the powers of darkness from before you, 
cause the heavens to shake for your good and his name's glory. So in other words, if we, I mean, who doesn't want that to happen in their lives? Mm -hmm. Just feel like the powers of darkness are just dispersing. The gates of hell are not prevailing. The heavens are shaking for our good. That is what we need right now. Right now we're losing 75% of our millennials. Our divorce rate is through the roof. Our pornography addiction is almost universal. A hundred percent. We have... Every uh, medications, illiteracy, the nation, the contention, right? Um, everything that's going on. And the Lord is saying, if you will just follow this servant's words, I sent you a servant. <laughs> I sent you the Josephite prince. I sent you, I'm sending you the prince of the latter days. I'm sending you the latter day Moses and I'm giving him the word. And it's right here. We have it and sitting on our shelves gathering dust. This is what Adam and Enoch and Moses and Elijah would have killed to be here in Joseph Smith's time, right? This This is the time they were singing about and praying about. And we're sitting here and we can't throw this away. Right now, we're at a defining point in history. Right now, we're deciding, are we gonna throw this out? And, and head in a new direction? Or are we going to say, we're going to stand up and we're going to stand here and we're going to defend Joseph Smith and we're going to defend his character. And Heber C. Kimball actually prophesied. This is at the last page of our Searstone book. And I am finishing up here, Rod. Don't worry. <laughs> um, but I feel like I need to share this prophecy because... It is. It's, it's, it's really powerful. Yes. yes. And this is what matters. Because we can talk all day long about Book of Mormon geography. I can blab about Leonard Arrington's diaries and why does it really matter at the end of the day, right? And we can feel, pat ourselves on the back and, oh, that's cool. But at the end of the day, we've got to save this world. We've got to save our kids. We've got to save the church. We've got to save our country. We've got to save the people that are suffering. How are yeah, we going to do that? And everybody's got their different ideas. And the Lord is saying, if you care what I have to say, I, I have an idea. <laughs> right? Everyone's talking about like, well, should uh-huh. we do this? Or let's try this program or let's experiment with this new program. Right. And the Lord's like, it's right, um, here. It's right here. It's right here. Yeah. It's right here in these teachings. Joseph Smith knew what he was talking about when he talked about women, when he talked about science, when he talked about history, he knew what he was talking about. Mm-hmm. So when Joseph Smith was in Liberty jail, He's in there and he's praying, right? And he's like, my God, where art thou? Like, what? Section 121. Right? Yes. Yes. And the Lord gives him a promise that's beautiful. Because Joseph Smith is sitting there. The three witnesses have turned on him. Oliver Cowdery's turned on him. Like, we just, all those amazing experiences he went through with Oliver Cowdery. Now Oliver Cowdery's turned, right? His friends are turning on him. His people are being persecuted, raped, pillaged. He doesn't know if he's ever going to see him again. Um, he's being fed. It's disgusting. Gro- yeah. Yeah. Grotesque what was going on in Liberty Jail. So he's sitting in there and the Lord promises. He says, your people, says, your people, Joseph's people will never turn against you by the testimony of traitors. And I feel like that's so important for right now, because right now we are seeing a time in our history where it's being rewritten. And we're trying to be moved to turn against Joseph Smith by the testimony of traitors. Um, but the Lord said that your people will never turn against you. And Joseph, and Heber C. Kimball prophesied. He said, right now, the prophet Joseph's boys lay apparently in a state of slumber. So think of the ten virgins, right? Mm-hmm. And these are Joseph Smith's boys. 
He said, everything seems to be perfectly calm with them. He says, but by and by, God is going to wake them up and they're going to roar like the thunders of Mount Sinai. He said, God is, there's much work to be done. God is not asleep. He will wake up our children and they will bear off this kingdom to the nations of the earth and will bear testimony to the truth of this work. And they're going to bear testimony of the integrity and true character of Joseph Joseph Smith. And right now I feel like this, we're seeing this day right now. We're seeing this day when we've almost been asleep in a sense and everything seems good. And now we're starting to go like, whoa, what just happened? We're losing our youth. We're losing our, everything's like, whoa, what's going yeah. on? But the Lord has promised we've got to wake up. And what do we need to do? We need to stand up and we need to bear testimony to the character of Joseph Smith. We need to say, we are not going to move from the restoration. We're going to remain true to the restoration and we are going to bear off the kingdom. And if we can stand up now and we can encourage our children to stand up, we're going to do this. And the gospel is true. And I want, and we need to bear testimony. We need to help people know. We know with certainty this isn't a maybe. We know who Joseph Smith was, and we are not going to let him go down. Yeah. He, was, he was prophesied thousands of years in advance. Um, he underst- he understood this, and uh, and I think if in, any of us, if uh, if you don't already have a, a testimony of the prophet Joseph Smith, yeah. maybe it's time. Yes, it's time to wake this up. This is this is the year. This is the time. Read these amazing uh, revelations directly yes. from God through his 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 mouthpiece, Joseph mm-hmm. Smith. And as we and as you do so, ask the ask the Lord. Could this have come from somebody who was an occultist? Would this have come from somebody who basically, uh, I mean, you know, bot- spent the his growing line is up days roaming for treasure. Yeah, bad, bad fruit does not, or yes. good, good fruit does not come from bad trees, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so if this is good fruit, if this is something that you feel in your heart, is that these, these words in here in this book are true, then you have to basically also understand and admit that Joseph Smith was a prophet of God. And uh, and like, like like has been said by others, um, second only to jo- to Jesus Christ, yes. Joseph Smith is is the um, you know the well he's the prophet of this dispensation yes. as well. I just want you to know that uh, I have a testimony of Joseph Smith, and um, I've I've loved him. Um, I'm hoping that there will come a day when I'll be able to uh, to stand before him and and, uh, and and tell him you know what, brother, I stood for you. And we will, and we will, you know, to stand with Joseph Smith uh, through thick and through thin, mm-hmm. um, and that's basically where we're kind of at. Yes. Now I think that you probably uh, have a similar kind of a feeling. Would you like to kind of share your absolutely your testimony of Joseph Smith? You know, I I believe I believe that we didn't come down at this time as an accident. I believe that that what we do now will determine what kind of a future our children have and our grandchildren have and our great-grandchildren have. And also what future you're going to have for your eternity. <laughs> yes, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You know, there's a... You're not standing with him. I think you're going to be standing in some place yes. that you're not going to want to be. Yes, yes. And I, and I want to say, like, Joseph Smith is everywhere in the scriptures and all that is who who he is. We we don't know who he is. He, he made a statement to Mary Elizabeth Rollins-Leitner, who was one of his plural wives, and he said... No one knows who I am, he said, and no one is going to know who I am until we get to the judgment seat of God, mm-hmm. which is mind-blowing to me because when I, when I think, okay, 
all these things, right? We're talking about, okay, Joseph Smith is the Messiah Ben Joseph. He's this and he's this. And people are like, whoa, okay, whoa, are you? And Joseph Smith's <laughs> like, that's nothing. I can't even tell you who I really am, <laughs> right? Um, but I just want to bear my testimony. The, the solution, there was a man named Hiram Andrus who wrote They Knew the Prophet. Yeah, and he love was, that book, by the way. They Knew the Prophet. It's yes, an amazing book. Yes, yeah. and he was, he, he was studying, like, how can we fix the political woes in the world and social woes and all of these different woes? And what he ended up doing, actually, is he ended up giving up all of his work in those areas and he dedicated his entire life to getting Joseph Smith's words into formats that people could actually read and digest and use. Because what he realized is he said that Joseph Smith's words and teachings actually will solve those problems faster than everything else. Mm-hmm. And, and we've got to realize this as a people. And so just sit down with your family, go read Joseph Smith's sermons, go get words of Joseph Smith, go get um, the teaching. Um, they knew the prophet, get, read this, come to know who Joseph Smith is, and then please engage your children in the cause. Don't just do this yourself. Don't just watch this yourself and then do it yourself. Sit down with your kids, even if they're eight, nine and 10 and say, guys, Joseph Smith is under attack. What are we gonna do as a family? What can we do? And I can promise you, if you pray, God will give you ideas. Because now is the time to stand up, and all of us need to bear our testimony. And it's not a testimony of maybe, or a testimony of, well, we'll see what the data says, right? If Mark Hoffman comes out with a new document next week, maybe (laughs) I'll change my mind, right? It's, no, this is who Joseph Smith was. Who's going to rise up now? It's time to wake up. Who will stand up right now and stand with Joseph Smith and stand for the restoration? And there you go.